Hello and welcome to the In All Seriosity podcast. I'm Patrick Fueling and with me is Matt Mizek and we are part of the leadership team here at Grace Community Church. Matt, welcome back. Hey, what's up, Pat? So it's been a, about two months since we have last uh, recorded. We've had uh, some COVID, some vacation, and uh, now we're ready to go and getting back to our regular schedule where we'll have uh, new episodes uh, coming out once every other week. Yep. So Matt, we are recording today on Ash Wednesday, but when you yep. hear this, our faithful listeners, it will be the day after, which yep. will be Thursday. But we wanted to talk about uh, a topic, uh, which is Lent, and uh, something that typically is associated with the Catholic Church, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. It's something that Christians of all walks uh, of, of life should really think about considering practicing, but first of all, understanding. And what we want to hopefully do today is just give a little bit uh, of a background of, first of all, what Lent is, uh, how, how would you approach Lent, especially if you haven't really practiced it yeah. before, and, and what does that look like? So, um, you know, Matt, I'll give you a, a quick uh, uh, trivia time here. When did the tradition of Lent begin? Oh, gosh. Um... Man, seventh uh, century. Close, but not really close. Oh. So, really, it came about. Uh, history says around 325 AD with the uh, Council of Nicaea was oh, when it first uh, the tradition really uh, first started to uh, take hold. And obviously, since then, it's uh, uh, taken place again, mostly in the Catholic Church. But uh, that's something we'll talk about. So, well, what's important is, I mean, the Catholic Church and you know, the Protestant church were one until, until 1600s. True. So for, what, 1,300 years, Protestants Practice the who same weren't thing. existent back then, but practiced Lent. So that's right. actually really good to know. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully it'll be an encouragement for you as we go through today. And, uh, and so Matt, uh, first off, let's describe what is Lent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you have no clue what we're talking about, what this word is... Um, Lent is the season of the church calendar um, where after Advent and then after Epiphany uh, comes Lent, um, and it's a period and season of the church calendar where the church identifies particularly with the suffering and the temptation of Jesus uh, for the 40 days before Holy Week starts, and that is supposed to be representative of the 40 days in the wilderness where Jesus was tempted um, and was out in the wilderness fasting and praying. Um, so that's kind of where that, that comes from, those 40-day period. Um, and it's a season where we enter into, um, or historically we've entered into a period of like self-denial, of prayer, of fasting, um, and of focusing on the weight of sin and death that Jesus suffered um, while he was here on earth. Yeah, similar to, as you mentioned, similar to uh, Christmas with the Advent season, it's a time of preparation. Yeah, and exactly. Unfortunately, in, in the Western church, you know, a lot of times it looks it's looked upon as a, a new diet fad or it's a way to, I'm going to give something up temporarily. A Christian New Year's resolution. A Christian New Year's resolution is a great way to put it. But it's so much more than that, and it's a lot deeper than that. And uh, so we're hoping today that uh, some of the things we talk about will challenge you and uh, to look at Lent in a different light. And uh, ho- hopefully, also um, you know, enhance and, and uh, make your relationship with Christ that much closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't grow up Catholic, so I didn't really grow up celebrating Lent. I know you did. Why would you encourage somebody to participate in Lent, as maybe your own history or just what you know now? Why would you encourage somebody to participate in Lent? Well, it goes back to I think the preparation for Easter. Yeah. You know, if you were to ask me in my Catholic days. 
it would have been because it's tradition, it's what we do, although there really wasn't a lot of explanation behind why you, we did what we did. It was the priest would put ashes on our forehead on an Ash Wednesday, and we had to make sure that we did everything we could to make sure those didn't get smeared or, or uh, that they didn't wash off, because then it would, again, disappear, or disappear would make that um, the whole process of beginning Lent not valid in a sense. Huh. So it was a lot of workspace type scenarios that go along with that. And I think Lent as a whole, the perception of that in our society today is, is again, that you do a lot of these works. And if you do these works, then it's another way that you can check a box and get closer to God. And, and that's how you're going to get saved. And, uh, and, and that's really not it. So that was my former, you know, if you would have asked me way back when yeah. I was a kid growing up, that's what I would have said. But as I think about it now, I look at it as, as finding ways to prepare my heart uh, for the Easter season, but not just one and done, but something that's a continual process, things that you can add on, you know, yeah. maybe year after year so that um, we continue, we continually remember what the resurrection is. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we look at Easter as it's a, it's a Sunday, it's springtime, we have a great meal with friends, then it's over. Pastel colors. Pastel colors. Maybe, the maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe the Masters is on, so we'll watch yeah. some golf and then... <laughs> And then we go on with our life, and it's almost like the resurrection is, is yeah, we went to church and talked about Jesus yeah. rose, and it's a little blip on the radar. And, and I look at it now as a preparation met for Easter in terms of, of preparing my heart for um, celebrating the resurrection and what Jesus did for me and you and, and those who believe in him. And uh, that, that, to me, is what I look at uh, the Lenten season now as being. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Uh... It's important what you just said to talk about Lent isn't a way to earn anything. It's not a way of of paying God back for something or trying to trying to earn something for the other 325 days of the year. Um, but it's a way of just identifying uh, with the suffering of Jesus. Um, so do you want to talk, Pat, a little bit maybe about the aversions that we, particularly in the Western church, have to rituals, to... Um, practices to things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things is just the legalism concept of um, you're doing it to try to earn your way or earn good works or earn, earn your way to faith or yeah. to do something that's going to get gain God's approval. And, you know, that's obviously not what the Bible teaches, but it's something that I think is so inherent in our Western society. I think it just, it, it, it's there no matter what, when you ask somebody, you know, when you ask somebody in the street, how do you get to heaven? And they say, well, you just be a good person. Yeah. But no one really defines what does good mean because, mm -hmm. you know, technically none of us are good because of, of sin. Um, so, I, I, you know, the legalism aspect, I think, is, um, is a big thing. I think that um, it, it, unfortunately, it just kind of leads into more of a works-based kind of theology, and, um, uh, which kind of defeats, obviously, the yeah. whole purpose of really what Easter, yeah. Easter is in the first place. So, yeah. good point. Um, you know, the other thing that um, is interesting about Lent, it starts off on Ash Wednesday, which we talked about earlier. And so the ashes are supposed to represent the connection of body and soul. And, yeah. you know, Genesis 3.19, you know, mentions, uh, for you are dust and to dust you shall return. Um, that is a good reminder, in my opinion, of our, our, our culture today tends to, tends to try to glorify our bodies, almost idolize them where we find so many different ways of whether it's a new healthcare fad or a diet fad or it's Botox or something that will enhance and, and try to prolong our bodies uh, as long as possible. Whereas, um, you know, what Ash Wednesday is, is supposed to remind us of is that our bodies are, temp are, are temporary. They're not 
this you know long-term solution that we're going to live forever in this in this mm-hmm. current state and so uh, again it, it's a way of of going back to um just going back to some of the basics of 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 how much God loves us and what he's done for us and how we can prepare to celebrate what that great gift on Easter Sunday was. Yeah. You know, the fact that, and that's the other thing too, is that everyone always thinks of Jesus dying on the cross. The true gift is the resurrection. It, yeah. It's, it's more than just, you know, him hanging on that cross that had to happen, but we, we also tend to glor- or gloss over sometimes the resurrection part of it. One of the things that I think is interesting is uh, Lent is not in the Bible. Of course, there's no verse that talks about Lent in the Bible. Um, but rituals and festivals are like widely written about in particularly the Old Testament, uh, but we see them pop up in the New Testament as well. Um, in the Old Testament, there's seven God-ordained festivals that he um, kind of commanded Israel to celebrate. Um, some of them include Passover, the festival of unleavened bread that takes place right after Passover, the festival of booths or tabernacles, uh, which we actually talked about a few episodes ago uh, with John 8. Um, But these are all God-ordained, God-commanded rituals or festivals that weren't just invented by, you know, Moses or Joshua or whatever. These are uh, things that God actually commanded. But rituals and festivals, like you just said, they can be so easily um, manipulated and so easily separated from the, the purpose of what the festival is supposed to represent. And we see this happen all over the place with Israel. Um, there's like probably 20 verses we could have looked at to, to point this out. But in 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, uh, Samuel basically says to the people who are celebrating these festivals, but they're, they're not doing so with the right intentions. He says, uh, has, the Lord as, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice, to listen better than the fat of rams. And so really what that means is God desires our heart. But what we've done in the Western church has said, well, God only wants my heart, which he certainly does. But um, these, these festivals, these practices, these rituals were put in place to, to move us in places where our heart doesn't necessarily want to go, to celebrate seasons of life um, in particular to give ourselves over to God in, in specific ways, in different ways over the course of the year. And that's what festivals and rituals and things like this are supposed to do, things like Lent, to, to, to guide our hearts in a direction where our hearts don't necessarily want to go. Because I don't know about you, but my heart doesn't often go to self-denial, sacrifice, abstaining from things. Yeah, we're we're in a culture opposite. of indulgence, do whatever you want. Uh, you know, if you want it, do it. If, if you want to buy it, buy it. Um, and so Lent is a way to move our heart in a place where our heart doesn't naturally want to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically, you know, God is always calling us out of our little safe spot or out of our, our comfort zone, because we always, you're right in our society and our culture, um, you know, which isn't new to this society. It's been this way, you know, going back thousands of years, there are always things that will draw us away from the Lord. but God continually wants us to move in a direction that is not comfortable to us, but yet is better for us and draws us closer to him and makes our relationship with him that much stronger. Yeah. 
And so we are, uh, you know, we're doing this to kind of encourage participation in Lent, but also to encourage just a reflectiveness on, on suffering before we get to Easter. Um, but we are not by any means saying you have to do this. I mean, mm-hmm. we think it's a really good thing to do. And like you said, the church since 325 has participated in this. Um, but I was reminded of Romans 14, 5, as we were talking about this. Um, and I know this is about the Sabbath, but I think it relates. Um, Paul writes that one person esteems one day, meaning the Sabbath, as better than the other, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And so, you know, whether you think uh, one day is, is, is more important than the other six, or these 40 days of Lent are more important than the other 325, um, you know, I guess that that that's fine, whatever you, you think in this situation. Um, but I would say, don't just write this off because it's not been a part of your past. Um, don't just write this off because it's a silly festival or a silly little season of life. Um, but really consider what, what the season represents. Um, that would be my, our, our encouragement uh, to you guys. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, echo Matt what you said. I would, I would pray about it. I would ask the Lord if there are things that He wants to take you out of your comfort zone with, yeah. and maybe that's, maybe it is giving up uh, something that uh, has become an idol in your life. You know, maybe it's a bad practice, a bad habit. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, this again, this isn't the magic elixir to all of a sudden you're a super <laughs> Christian. That's not it at all. Yeah. But it's a way of preparing your heart for Easter and. And again, it's not something that ends at Easter, but it's something that continues to go uh, forward. It's, it's always uh, in process. And so, uh, as Matt said, I think I would just, we would just encourage you to be in prayer about it. Uh, you know, Lent can be any, a lot of different things. It can be fasting. It can be prayer. Maybe it's an opportunity to um, provide an opportunity for you to give um, with your time maybe more. Um, yeah. or, or who knows what it may be. There's a whole bunch of different ways that God may be asking you to do something. But at the end of the day, if you find yourself in a comfort zone and you find yourself being challenged by the Lord, move forward with that because you'll find it may not be easy and it may not be comfortable, but that's where you're going to find a lot of growth and it's where you're going to find the Lord really moving in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Lent is a time to, to ponder and to receive uh, the new life that God wants to give each of us. It's a way, it's a time to follow Jesus. Um, literally to follow in him and his steps, uh, to, to do the kinds of things that he did, to situate ourselves in the story of God and the story of Jesus and his suffering, um, and, and really uh, to spend a lot of time in repentance um, for the ways that we've gone astray, um, and to really embrace a new life that God wants to give us, not in a prosperity way, but in a, in a way of calling us back to him. To, to really embrace that new life that, that God is, uh, has in store for us. So as you're listening to this, it's the second day of Lent. Um, some of you may well be on a way of, uh, of this journey along with us. Um, doing your own thing, doing something that God you think has called you to. Um, but on this day, the second day of Lent, uh, we wanted to spend some time almost as a, like a mini devotional, uh, just in Isaiah chapter 55, um, where God uh, issues a call to his people. And I think it's a really relevant call for, for us as we start the Lent season. So Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 7, just two verses, it says this. 
Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteousness their thought or unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, and he will freely pardon. In this these verses we see that God is a God of grace and forgiveness and mercy, but not but and <laughs> God is a God to whom a turn must be made. God is a God of grace, forgiveness, and mercy, but he's also a God who demands things from us, um, who, who asks things from us. Uh, and a turn towards God must be made. Um, we see these verses, they contain four really key verbs for us um, that are like perfect verbs for the Lent season. Seek, call, forsake, return. Seek, call, forsake, return to seek God, to listen to his call, to call on him, to forsake the things that we've, we've, we've put in his place, and to return back to our first love. Um, these words, they call us back to an original identity, to, to an, a, a, an identity that's even more basic than our name and our job and where we live. Um, we live in a world that, that tells us of all of our newfound identities, Things like our political affiliations, our talents, what we're good at, what jobs we have, uh, how much power we have in the world, what control we can we have, um, how much of a consumer can we be? All these identities that the world wants to place on us. Isaiah fifty-five in the Lent season calls us back to our most basic identity: to return to God. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great way, Matt, to uh, just conclude this. Um... That's what it's about. It's about returning to God and yeah. and realizing just how much and how vast His love is for us. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of resources that you have, Matt, that you oh, yeah. uh, talked about uh, that you thought might be good for our, our listeners to uh, if they really wanted to pursue some things further with regard to Lent. Yeah. So there's three resources. They're they're like kind of devotionals that take you through the season of Lent. Um, one of them, Backyard Pilgrim, is what we did last year as a church. Dan led us through that in a little 300 class. Um, it's called Backyard Pilgrim. Uh, there's another really common one that I, I see, uh, and I have not personally read it, but I see people. Uh, in the Lenten season, uh, read Bread and Wine. Uh, it's a kind of a collection of, of theological uh, writings from people like C.S. Lewis and um, other people. Um, and then the one that I would really kind of encourage is the one that I'm personally um, reading through this year uh, is called A Way Other Than Our Own. And it's by a guy named Walter Brueggemann, um, who's just a really intelligent writer and pastor and theologian. Um, so a way other than our own. Um, and what we just read from Isaiah 55 really comes out of his first day of Lent, uh, that devotional. So pick one of those up. Uh, use Lent as a season to reflect on, on God's goodness and his, his suffering to you, the way that he, he, he um, entered into this world to suffer. Um, and yeah, I think that'll be really beneficial uh, for each of us. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, great resources, Matt. Uh, thanks for... Uh... Thanks for listing those out. So as we close today, I uh, just wanted to re- kind of reiterate that uh, you know God has always called uh, people out of their safe lives to uncomfortable uncomfortable places that um, maybe reveal paths that we may, might not have chosen. Yeah. So in a culture, as Matt said, that preaches self-indulgence about following your dreams and doing whatever you want to make yourself happy, Lent calls us to a different path, a path of humility and justice and peace and, and ultimately preparation. Yeah. And so uh, for this Lenten season, our prayer is that you would seek 
uh, call, forsake, and return uh, to the Lord uh, that loves us more than we can even imagine, and, uh, so much so that he uh, yeah. sent his son to die and, uh, and rise from the dead uh, to pay the penalty that we never could. So thank you for joining us for this episode of In All Seriosity. As we discussed earlier, please submit your questions and comments to our website, which is www.gotgrace.info. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please take a moment to rate and review. For more information about Grace Community Church, please check us out at www.gotgrace.info. Until next time.